Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. So as a reminder, Ron has worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers and the Nets, and then five years in the NCAA. So Ron, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julian. Happy to be with you today. Great. So uh, hey, Ron, so there's a lot to cover today. So we'll talk about the MLB. Uh, of course, we'll talk about the uh, the World Series, right, between the Rangers and and the uh, the Diamondbacks. Yes. And then uh, we'll talk about the NHL. Uh, I know you want to talk about the Penguins. And then, we'll, of course, we'll talk about the NBA, uh, the Spurs. we got to talk about Wemby because that's all they're talking about on ESPN these days. Uh, also, we've got to talk about the James Harden trade. Uh, Harden has been traded to the Clippers. Is he going to change the dynamics in the West? We'll see. And then we'll talk about the NFL. I'd love to get your thoughts on your favorites so far to win the Super Bowl. And then we'll talk about the Patriots valued at $7 billion. And then, of course, you're going to talk about the MLS playoffs. Uh, I've got some thoughts, and I'll tell you kind of the favorites uh, so far for to win it all. And then we'll talk about the World Cup, the, the World Rugby Cup uh, that just happened in France. The Springboks uh, won the World Cup for the, the fourth time. That's the record. And then we'll talk about Rafa Nadal. Uh, he's expecting to come back for the Australian Open Tennis uh, next year. And, of course, we'll talk about David Beckham and the new documentary. And then lastly, we've got to talk about Messi, who won another Ballon d'Or for the eighth time. That's the record, right? I don't think anybody will ever beat that. So uh, with that, um, do you want to start by talking about the MLB? Like, what's the latest? What's new there? Okay. Well, I mean, as we speak, the series is not completed yet, but it's 3-1, favorite Texas. And... Uh, there's just a lot of things that have happened uh, going back to the Phillies series with the Diamondbacks. Uh, the price of tickets in Philadelphia were you know, 350, 400. It was hard to get a good seat. So it's just different in dynamics as far as the city and the city interest. Those same seats were going for twenty dollars in, in Arizona. Twenty dollars. I want to fight to Arizona now. Yeah, exactly. So I had uh, some fans that were some friends that were like, hey, we're going to uh, three games in a row, games three, four and five are in Arizona. <laughs> Let's get on a plane, get a hotel room, maybe in uh, Glendale, somewhere in the suburbs. Yeah. And we will uh, we'll go to all three games. And they did for the same price of what it would have cost to go on the one Not good for them. in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then kind of disappointingly, the first round of the World Series first game of the World Series was one of the lowest viewed television ratings in the in the history of uh, in the last 20 years. How many and, people watch it? How many people? And, and I didn't get the exact number, but but the dis it, it is you can't say, well, it's two small market teams. The Mavericks, uh, when there was 29 teams in the NBA, we did some research and the Maver uh, Dallas was number 15. So 15. It, it's 
roughly around 15 as far as the size of the city and and the country. And we all know that uh, Arizona is somewhere, depending on how you measure population, is somewhere in the top 10. So why is this happening? That is a little concerning. I mean, they're riding high on all these changes in the uh, the game, ex- uh, speeding up the game, expediting the game. So uh, a lot of people are keeping their eye on that. There's a guy, mm-hmm. Tommy Pham, who's really interesting. Yeah. It plays with a real engine. Sadly, was involved in a stabbing incident where he, he was a critical condition oh. and survived. But he uh, has a little bit of a temper. And uh, he, play- yeah. he came up with St. Louis, was infuriated when he was traded. He went to Toronto, San Diego, Cincinnati, Boston, the Mets, and now he's with Arizona. The yeah. game that they won 10 nothing, he went four for four and showed a lot of class act nice. uh, at 35 years old and allow someone else to pinch hit for him in the, uh, in the ninth. So he, uh, he's, they're still playing, and uh, mm-hmm. they still got a shot. But I think he, he's worth mentioning. These guys that finally get a chance to play at 35 years old in their first World Series – that's great. Uh, so that that's kind of what we saw in that series. Okay, that makes sense. Now let, let's move on to the NHL, right? So the Penguins uh, just made history, right, with their trio. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins opened up the season. They are, I think, I'll be kind to just say, struggling here in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, and uh, they had three guys. Uh, everybody knows Crosby. Everybody knows Geno Malcolm, and then Chris Letang. Mm-hmm. Probably all three are making the Hall of Fame. Definitely the first two. But they, when they drop the puck for their first regular season game, they're the first trio in the four major sports to have played a total of 18 years together. I mean, what what longevity that is! And uh, they uh, had great years last year. Believe it or not. Um, they're not the issue uh, so far, but uh, yeah, I think that's worth mentioning. They passed Mariano Rivera, Jeter, and Posada with the Yankees. Those guys had played 17 Major League Baseball seasons together. For sure, that's a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, let's talk about the NBA, right? So the NBA season started. Uh, a lot of people were keeping an eye on Wemby, right? And I mean, he's been. Kind of amazing, right? Of course, he had one bad game against the Clippers. They lost. The Spurs lost by a lot last night. He they beat uh, they beat the Suns by one point. I think at wow. six seven until you know six seconds uh, until the end, they tied the game and they mm-hmm. beat them by one point. Okay, right. right. Uh, uh, Katie said um, he's a very unique player. He's gonna be he's gonna be playing this league for a long time, and he's only gonna get better. That's from mm-hmm. Katie. So. Uh, what's your take on Wemby and the Spurs? Of course, you know, James Harden got traded, right, from the Sixers to the Clippers. Does it make them the favorite to win it? Or, I mean, maybe against the, the Bucks? What's your take on what's happening right now? Well, I mean, your Frenchman, your fellow Frenchman there, Wemby, I mean, he's, he's a teenager still. Uh, the upside is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, his, his height, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't get a little more um, – I mean, he's almost looks like a slightly heavier Manu Ball. When, when I say him, Manu Ball was seven foot six, yeah. But he obviously is much more skilled offensive player. His, his skills uh, with the ball are uh, extremely impressive for a person mm-hmm. his age. And he, you know, he, he's, he was asked the question, you know, will they try to, for lack of a better word, bully you 
you know, mm-hmm. under the basket and, and get physical. I mean, could you imagine him playing in the early 90s when guys would go to the rim and they would just, you know, you know it was a much different game back then. But yeah. this more finesse game that we play now, this more perimeter game, uh, yeah. really suits him well. And, you know, he's going to be – he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, he, how many championships will he win with the Spurs? I, I don't know. And I, I look over at the bench and I see uh, – their coach and I'm like, wow, this this will get you a little more excited to stick around a few more years to have a player like that. Well, that's why Pop Pop renewed his contract with the Spurs for five years before the season started. Five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, five, this a guy like this gives you hope that you're you're gonna have a good team and and only get better. So yeah, he he, he deserving of being the uh, first pick in the draft and everything's gonna be fine. James yeah. Harden, I mean, you know, in Philadelphia, you know, that type of attitude where we had with Simmons too, like we're, I'm not going to play and even mm-hmm. though I'm healthy and then you come up with all these excuses, like that's never going to sit well yeah. and it's definitely not going to sit well in Philadelphia. So I think the feeling there is good riddance yeah. and and I, I love the package they got back for him. I, I can't believe, and they put, they throw PJ uh, Tucker in on it. And of course, Tucker. And the French guy, and the French guy too. Nicola Batum. Yeah, and they threw another player on, and then we took some of the junk off of the bench of the uh, Clippers. Some of the younger players who are not as much big names, and maybe maybe some of them have potential, and, and they're going to get opportunities they would have not got with the Clippers. So maybe they aren't junk. Maybe they are good players. They But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, they're going to get a chance. And it's all about freeing up cap space so that we can uh, get Joel Embiid signed long, long term. I think that's the idea. Nurse He's one of your Toronto guys. Like he, uh, he knew PJ Tucker and they have a really nice relationship, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think it was time for a do-over. I don't see, I love all the draft picks they got. They got mm-hmm. some unprotected first round picks. They got some protected first round picks. They got some second round picks. So, I mean, it was a deal you had to pull and, and they don't have to eat any of the hardened money to my, to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, all, all that, all that, this whole year of close to $40 million is going to be paid for by the Clippers. I don't see why anybody would want Harden at this time in his career. Like, I mean, yeah. he, he's running on fumes. So, you know, they're going for it, obviously, right now, the Clippers. They're going for this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see what happens. But they check with George. They checked with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yep. They checked with him. Everybody signed off on it, I'm sure. Look, we got a one-year deal with this guy. Does, does this energize you? Does this make you want to play? Does this make you excited? And they probably said, yeah, it does. The next six months playing with him, if he decides to come to work and, and put his uh, bring his lunch pail and actually play, yeah, we could go places. So, and, you know, yeah. that, that's probably why they did it. And by the way, I was watching a, 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 an interview uh, done with uh, Nicolas Batum, the guy who just mm-hmm. the French guy who got traded, right, to the mm-hmm. Sixers. Somebody was asking him, "What is it like to play with uh, Kawhi Leonard?" And he said, he, "You know, unlike the, he's got this image, right? He's a quiet guy, and he said he's always on group chats, trying to energize everybody. Like there's this perception, right, that he's that he's not motivated. And he said, Look, he's the first one to go to the gym. It's a complete different image, right? Right, different person. So that, that he's difficult." No, he's not. Like he's always, uh, he's all about the team. He's always yeah. motivating all the guys on group right, chats. Right. Okay, all right, yeah. So he does things behind the scenes, and and he doesn't care if he gets credit for that with the media and everything. But 
But the, my question is, why does he not play that much then? Why does he miss so much time if he's that passionate about working out and getting ready for the game? I mean, maybe he legitimately is injured. And this is an issue that they've got with the players union. And they said no more maintenance days. Like there's no such thing. And and Charles Barkley has been very outspoken on TNT about it. You know, we're paying you 20, 30, 40 That's million right. a year. Like you got to play four days a week. You got to play. You can, yeah, so, you can fake yeah. it through the practices. You can, you know, you can't help the club if you're in the tub, as they say, right? Yeah. Your your best ability is your availability. And a lot of these, no more maintenance days, right? People are buying tickets to see these players play, expensive tickets. And they, they shouldn't be able to do that. They shouldn't have maintenance days. Like, you can go back and look at the record books. I mean, these guys weren't exacting Iron Men. But John Stockton used to play 82 games a year. Yeah, Michael right. Jordan played 82 games a year. And some of those times, it was four games in five nights. You played that fourth game. Yeah. So, you know, those days are long gone. So Kawhi Leonard, right, did say, I was like watching an interview. He did say back when he was playing, for example, with the Raptors, right? Yes. He was hurt that year and they won in 2019. He played when he was hurt. Now. What happened with the, at the Spurs when the whole load management controversy? I don't know what went down down there. Okay, but uh, sometimes it was really hurt. That's why he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and nobody wants to, somebody to play injured. Nobody wants somebody to play hurt, right? But there are degrees of it, right? You shouldn't for for uh, you stubbed your toe shouldn't be a reason why you're not playing. Yeah, I agree. And I got to ask you about the Bucks. Now that they've got Janice with uh, Damon, Damien, right? How can they win the title this year? How are they doing so far? I mean, they're doing uh, they're doing well. Uh, I think Janice and uh, Damon had like 58 points the last game, I believe, 58 points together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Janice said, I have never seen a guy ever being double teamed on the, at the right at the beginning of the game, for the whole game, double teamed. Right. So because he's you well, know, he that attention. The um, the good news is uh, he likes to take the last shot, Damian Lillard. And historically, with a player of Jonas's uh, ability, m- most of the time their ego gets involved and they will not defer to Lillard. They'll want to take the shot because there's a lot attached to that. Yeah. In this case, uh, I mean, he's the most humble superstar I've ever seen. Uh, Jonas, and then there's a third player there too that's really important and, and he's kind of injured right now but he's coming back so you know how, how's this gonna affect his minutes and his his as they say in football touches mm-hmm. um, so we'll have to see what happens there but yeah, oh my I, I definitely think the Bucks could uh, come out in the east there's no question yeah for sure I mean the Celtics are gonna be there too right absolutely the Celtics are gonna be there uh, the Heat will be around I mean, there, there's always another team that comes comes from nowhere. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, the NBA is alive and well, and it's alive and well in the Eastern Conference for sure. But I, yeah. I, I think the Bucks, yeah, I, they're more of a than spell right now. The Bucks. Yeah. Now let, let's move on to the NFL, right? So we we are, you know, we way past the beginning of the season. Um, recently, the uh, the Patriots were valued at seven billion dollars, right? That's yes. the, the, the most viable NFL team today. But before you get to that, 
what do you think are the favorites for the Super Bowl so far? Well, we have a big game coming up this weekend, the Cowboys and the uh, the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Like the 49ers are tanking. Um, they won the last three games in a row, right? Three? Yeah, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of games in a row. For uh, might not be much in the NBA, but it's a lot for football. Yeah, and they're always some have some problems. But uh, I mean, I would, I would, I don't know how I can't pick the Eagles coming out of the uh, the East right now, the way things are looking. Yeah, and then and the other side, Kansas City lost their second game of the year. Um, the um, but they'll be the favorites coming out. Uh, Buffalo has their blemishes. The whole AFC uh, North is uh, a little bit of a hot mess with the uh, the Bengals probably will come out of that, uh, though the Ravens are decent. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would have to say it's going to be a rematch. I'll take Eagles versus Kansas City. I know that's not going out on a limb at all, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the, the, that's the way it's going to go. That's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. And you got Taylor Swift. Uh, rooting for the ego for the for the Chiefs now. Well, I mean that alone is worth the is amusing to me and worth mentioning in a podcast like this. Uh, you know, I don't know why people are so hard on that young woman. Um, and she's I think she's five years older than uh, this guy or four years older. But uh, hey, he put himself out there, didn't he? I mean, he went to the media and said, "I want to date Taylor Swift." <laughs> and he did. So hey, you know, you you, you yeah. got to love the boldness of him. A uh, lot, a lot. It just tells you uh, how different two brothers can be. His brother, mm-hmm. the the Hall of Fame center for the uh, Jason, yeah, Kelsey for the Eagles. He, uh, he, his personality is much more laid back. And they've got that show that's just killing it. I know. I've been watching it. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers, yeah. and very entertaining. But yeah, it's bothering some of the pro- purists of the NFL when the, the camera spans up in the, scans up into the. Uh, the sweet box area. And then Taylor Swift, all she's doing is cheering. All she's doing is being a fan mm-hmm. at Arrowhead stadium, a building she sold out, you know, this past summer. Yeah. And it's why, why is that a problem? Like, can't she just be a fan? And then she's working his mom. You can see that going on where she's mm-hmm. spending time with the guy's mom. Yeah. And then, and then she's, she's high five with Mahomes. uh wife yeah you know so like i don't know i don't are they dating i don't know honestly i don't care it's but fun I, it's fun to watch using how upset people get about about her being in the game yeah she's I not know. on her phone she's having fun for god's sake let the girl let her hair down a little bit yeah that's right hey uh the next topic right we got to talk about the mls uh Unfortunately, Messi and Inter Miami did not make the playoffs. Not surprising. Oh, really. uh, but uh, now the, the, the Supporter Shield winners, the FC Cincinnati, continue to lead the way as MLS Cup betting favorites with defending champions, the LAFC in LA, as hot on their heels, right? So the, they are the other favorite, the LAFC. So uh, what do you make of it? You know, I mean, it's, I feel like the MLS playoffs, it's always wide open. You don't know who's going to win. I I don't know um, as much about it, obviously, as you do, but I can sure the home home office and the commissioner's office was very disappointed yeah. that Miami didn't make the playoffs. But uh, when we, we saw the power of a superstar and, and what how that can affect the whole league mm-hmm. and how it can affect a whole city like it did, 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it's going to cost, but we got to get this guy on the team next year too. Will he, has he already signed for next year? Uh, he's got a long-term contract, so he'll be there next year for sure. Oh, well, then we'll definitely get some better players around him. And, man, I wish if I was selling tickets, just pay me 10% of what I sell for the, the Miami the team because yeah. uh, you know, you'll be rolling in the dough. Yeah, and they're talking about getting uh, Luis Suarez, with uh, one of his uh, best friends. They played together for FC Barcelona. They're talking about Luis Suarez joining the team because he he, uh, he resigned from uh, he was playing, I believe, in South America. So I think if they can get Luis Suarez, they're gonna do a killing. I mean, they're gonna beat a lot of a lot more teams next year. So yeah, let's put some better players around them and have them start in April from the beginning of the season and not have yeah. to bring them in like halfway through. And uh, you know that that'll really boost the whole league. But again, we've seen this happen before in the MLS with the Galaxy and Beckham, which you want to talk about. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, that which is the next topic, right? So Netflix released a documentary about David Beckham. You and I watched it. I liked it. I know you liked it too. Uh, David it Beckham, as a result of that, gained 500,000 new followers on social media. But I think, I know you felt like you learned a lot watching the documentary. So what, what is your take on the whole? David well, Beckham? I think it was four episodes. It was well worth the time. Uh, he was a sympathetic uh, character in it um just humble beginnings mom and dad just came off as the people next door you know yeah. just the, these these people that are um just happen to have and they pushed their son into uh you know playing and playing and playing dad worked out with him a lot in the backyard mm-hmm. and you know he turns out to be this you know i think it's fair to say handsome guy that yep. uh, just was really, really good at soccer and was really fully committed to it. Mm-hmm. So he went in and uh, played for his home team. And um, he got a, uh, and you, I'm sure you remember this much better than I do, but he got a, a red card um, for a very um, minor incident with a player in the World Cup finals. Uh, right? Yeah, it was uh, Simeone from Argentina. Yeah, so they lost. England lost Argentina in the finals. And there were so many fans that would never forgive him for that. And every place, you know, they use different words that we use, um, you know, in the United States. But they were verbally abusive to this young guy. And he made the mistake. He Years later, um, he uh, redeemed himself. But, yeah, the way he pursued uh, po- Posh, uh, Posh, right? Right? Yeah. one of the Spice Girls, and when he first saw her, he told his buddy, I'm going to marry her. And he hadn't yep. even met her yet. <laughs> he ended up yep. marrying her. And um, he made all these sacrifices just to be with her. He traveled seven hours one way just to be with her for two hours. That's so right. she kind of knew that you know, she was important to him. Yep. And, um, and now they have these kids. And, and they went to Spain to play for a while. And In Real Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she, she had to find... Uh, you know, housing and stuff. And then it was difficult with the language barrier and people. And the, thought, paparazzi, the paparazzi in Spain were terrible. Yeah. They were on top of her and him and the kids. And it's like, look, man, you know, uh, I'm just trying to be a good parent here. And they just, Oh, she doesn't like Spain. Posh doesn't like Spain. It's like, it's not that simple. I'm just trying to find a house. And she, she openly says, I, it's not that I didn't like Spain. It's just things were more difficult. Yeah. So, you know, they had to deal with all that. And then finally, Lewicki, one of the executives from the Galaxy, thought, sees him riding the bench for the team. And he saw an opportunity to swoop in, get a five-year mm-hmm. deal for 250000 
250 million. It was a unique deal where he had to do like a lot of commercials. They yeah. could rent rent him out to other teams, uh, but it really helped the uh, the MLS get visibility uh, with the LA Galaxy. And he had a run in with uh, Donovan, one of the best players in the United States at that time. But yeah. it really hammered home the difference between the England uh, and the European soccer versus the MLS at that time. The MLS had to be like the 15th best team in the in the in the world, a league yeah. in the world, and that seems to uh, really rub him the wrong way. That he would make passes and to guys in front of them, and nothing would happen. Right? Yeah. And the quote making thirteen thousand dollars a year uh, doing pool work. They do. The, his teammates were were also uh, pool cleaners. Mm-hmm. But that, in that, was, contract, I, that was my take. What was your take? Well, so. I, so I've got some friends in the MLS and they worked for like LA Galaxy with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and many other teams. One of my friends said, because I was asking about Messi, right? Messi uh, coming to the MLS versus Beckham. Uh-huh. He thought that uh, Beckham coming to the MLS was a much bigger deal back then than Messi is today. Uh, so and and so I think, you know, it was a game changer for the MLS to have someone like Beckham who was, you know, right after Real Madrid. He was at the top of his game. And Real Madrid wanted him to stay. He said, you know what? You benched me. I'm leaving. He never forgot. Yeah. So, well, and then the other thing I'd say about that benching, uh, him and the coach, the coaches are like tyrants over there. Like, they really get in your face. And, yeah. and But the coach later said, when, when he found out that he had met with Todd Lewicki behind the team's back, the coach said to him, you will never play another minute for this club. Yeah, but they still had to pay him, and he they they isolated him. They yeah. put him off to the side, and the coach who was difficult said, "I was impressed the fact that he did extra laps. He kept coming and playing where a lot of guys would have been like, you know, what? Screw yeah. you! I'm I'm David Beckham. I'm a superstar. I'm not doing your menial work." But yeah. he but he kept coming and kept playing and kept working out like everybody else. He did. He did the same exercises, and then he wouldn't play in any of the games. So that was something that impressed the coach. Yeah. And then the teammates came and said, you got to let him play. You got to let him come back to training. And then they did. Yeah. And then he did play another game. But what was interesting is that when he came to the MLS, signed with the LA Galaxy, in his contract, it said he has the right someday to buy an MLS team. So as soon as they were retired, what did he do? The first thing he did when he retired, go back to America and started building his team as soon as he was done. Right. So he had that plan. So he, he owns, he's my, he's the majority owner of the Miami MLS team. He's got a good amount of equity. And then ever since Messi came, the valuation of the Inter Miami went up to $1 billion. Wow. Okay. So wow. he hit the jackpot right there. And honestly, I think you're going to see a lot more, some of the best players in the world. And I'm not, you know, I'm talking about Mbappe and Halen and those guys, Ronaldo. They will uh-huh. come to Inter Miami. So at some point, well, they will do it. You know, and the funny part was, you know, some, some of those movie stars saw the opportunity to, uh, you know, get some of the warmth from his star. Like Tom Cruise, for some yeah. odd reason, joined him at the press conference. And, and Pashi there, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the language barrier. She loved Los Angeles. She thought oh, yeah. it was the greatest thing in the world because there she's just another star. 
right? I mean, she's she's not, from that run, right? She's the black stars, right? You can blend in a little bit and just be one of the people, which, you know, after a while, the paparazzi thing gets stale, right? It gets old. So, um, yeah, she was just one of many stars. So, she, yes, she loved her kids getting educated in Los Angeles, she said. No, no, no question. Uh, hey, the, the last topic I went to cover was Rafael Nadal. So, Rafael yeah. Nadal, this whole year, he got hurt at the Australian Open tennis. He didn't play for the whole year. He had a hip injury. He's going through rehab right now. And the director of the Australian Open tennis, Anthony Nadal, his uncle, already said he'll be back at the Australian Open tennis next year, which is right. early 2025. So what, what's your take on, on, on Rafa Nadal? Well, I mean, he never officially retired, as you mentioned, in the green room. And yeah. uh, you know what? The one thing about retirement, I'll say, and I got some friends that are retiring now, uh, not in the industry of sports, but, uh, you know, don't retire till you're ready. And, uh, you know, some people love retirement. Other people feel like they've lost their way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very polarizing in this case. Uh, we have problems like in boxing. Usually it just takes so much out of a boxer that they'll quit that night of the fight and just say, I'm retired. And then they have second thoughts as they begin to heal up. You know, in a, in a game like tennis, which deals a lot with speed and stuff and conditioning, if if he thinks he's got some juice left in the tank, you know what? Then keep playing. You know, the game the game will tell you when uh, when it's over, right? That, that that'll yep. be like. And for other sports, it's like the phone doesn't ring, right? Your contract's up, and you know it never rings for another opportunity to go to a training camp somewhere to join a team. So, you know, yeah. When he's in his wheelchair at age 50, 60, or 70, he'll be, you know, I'm glad I played an extra year. I'm glad that I milked all of it out of it because I love it and I love the game. So, yeah, I think he can still be competitive. I think so, too. And, and also one thing to remember, he wants to play at the 2024 Paris Olympics in the summer of 2024. He mm -hmm. wants to play double with the Spaniards, uh, the Spaniard superstars, Alcaraz, right. who's, who's number one. So they want to play together and just win it all. Right, win the gold at the Olympics. Uh, all next those, year. all those pro athletes that get a chance to represent their country in the Olympics, like you know, one of the first ones I remember real vividly is the '92 Barcelona basketball one, where yeah. Barkley and 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 Jordan and Pippen and Ewing and Stockton and Malone and all those guys they got to play together. David Robinson, they all said the same thing. You know, that was a Clyde Drexler. There was a special moment. And we knew it was a one-time thing because, you yeah. know, in four years in 96, some of us will be too old. So, um, yeah, it's a very cool event, um, real pride in your country. And uh, he should definitely hang on to do that. That's not that far away. Yep, for sure. It's going to be fun, I'm sure, to represent Spain. So, hey, uh, we're we at the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure. So thank you. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Julian. Hope everybody's doing well out there in podcast land. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, Keep looking to the upside.